Iktsuarpok is a word borrowed from Inuktitut, which is one of the main languages of the Inuit people of Canada. And Iktsuarpok is basically the feeling of anticipation while waiting for someone to arrive and this feeling gets so great you you often you're so excited you go out and you you have a look down the road to see if they're coming and it's with that feeling that i welcome you dear cherished adored listener to cop on episode 30 uh, this feeling, of course, is the return of the Premier League after what feels like a decade. Liverpool versus Spurs at Anfield on Sunday. And here with me to have a lovely long chat about that and the title race in general is Fergus McFadden, Linus Lovegard and Karan Hindocha from... Uh, Zambia, Sweden and India. I love the way we're so international here at Copon. I do hope you enjoy this episode. You can send us your hate mail to coponpodcast at gmail.com or support us on patreon.com forward slash coponpodcast for as little as one US dollar per month if you want. But thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. So thank you very much for joining me, guys. Um, it's the international break for me. It's it's hellish. I don't know. It's it's just I don't know. It's just a pain. It's a pain. It's just a you know. It's like waiting at the dentist. Uh, you know, it's just something that you don't want to do. Uh, but I managed to watch one game of football. I watched Wales uh, versus uh, Slovakia because I'm a Wales fan. And uh, it was sort of underwhelming, but a good result for Wales. Um, what have you been up to, Karen? Have you seen any footy during this break? Yeah, I've seen two matches. I've seen the Liverpool Legends versus AC Milan Glory, as well as England's game last night. Um, just these two footy games for me in the international break. Were they any good? Yeah, I mean, I can't stop watching the Milan game over and over again. It's, it's available in YouTube, so I'm probably going to watch it again after the call. And um, England game was, I think it was really good. They showed a lot of maturity um, to come back after an open goal. And uh, nice to see youngsters getting a chance. Uh, what about you, Fergus? Have you seen any footy? Um, well, my international team is at Republic of Ireland and we had a, a, one nil, a glorious 1-0 away win against uh, mighty Gibraltar. <laughs> wow. So I, I suffered through that, I think, the pitch is right beside the airport in Gibraltar, so I think I w- spent more time watching EasyJet coming and going rather than watching the game. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty poor, and Ireland are going through a, a, a bad stage now. We don't have a good um, team. We don't have good players coming through, and the, um, it's all down to the disorganization and mismanagement of the FAI. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a very exciting time to be following Ireland. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, lots of difficulties and troubles. Yes, but how's how's Sweden doing, uh, Linus? Struggling, I guess. We beat Romania 2-1 and it just didn't look very good. And then all of a sudden our star player or whatever you want to call it uh, decided to leave because he didn't didn't feel uh, he, he got enough 
football because he only played for 76 minutes of, after being injured for two weeks. So it's not great, I guess. And we're play, we're playing Norway t- today, and they have a Swedish manager. So it's a bit it's the rivalry, but then they they also have a Swedish manager. So it's going to be a, a fun game to watch. But yeah, it's it's. Not great, but it. I, I actually enjoyed the game, but it wasn't great. No, okay, all right. And who is that star player that you were talking about? Emil Forsberg. He plays for RB Leipzig. Yes, okay. I call him Emil Forsberg because I'm very ignorant of uh, Swedish pronunciation. So, yeah, Emil Forsberg, you say. Okay, cool. Okay, I mean, it's probably still not very good pronunciation, but anyway, you know, good luck against Norway. But we're here to talk about... Liverpool Football Club, our collective heroes. Uh, And uh, um, there's only one place to start, and that's Tottenham Hotspur this weekend. Um, As Andrew Beasley pointed out in a special I recorded the other day, uh, Spurs are in bad form. Um, Since beating Dortmund, which was obviously a lovely result for them back on the 13th of February, 3-0 at Wembley. Uh, They lost the next match against Burnley. Then they lost, uh, that was away, then they lost away to Chelsea. Uh, And then on the 2nd of March, they drew at home to Arsenal, but Arsenal should have won. Um, Then they beat Dortmund in the return match, so 4-0 aggregate victory in the Champions League. Congratulations to that one. But then in the Premier League, they lost after that. 2-1 2-1 to Southampton in the last match. So basically their form, uh, you know, tells us that uh, it's a good time to play the Spurs. And it's more good news for us because, of course, we had three wins against Burnley, Bayern, Fulham. Uh, no one appears to have been injured while on international duty. Uh, and the last time Liverpool lost a game uh, in the league at Anfield was April 2017. Um, so we actually broke the record for our longest ever unbeaten league uh, streak, if you like, at Anfield back in November. Uh, five months later, we still haven't lost. So this is, we're in incredible form at Anfield. But still, Fergus, still, my heart is banging like Ron Jeremy. I'm absolutely terrified about this one. Can you help me? How do you see this one going? Yeah, I'd say... Tottenham are, are a, a top club. They always raise their game against us and against other big sides. So it's going to be a difficult game. As you know, they've got world-class players, Harry Kane, Human Son, Eriksen, even Deli Ali. So it's going to be a very difficult game. They see themselves as a challenger to us in every sense for the top four, for even for the league, even though they've fallen away lately. So I think it's going to be a a tremendously difficult match. I think we'll have to play as well as we did against Bayern Munich. Um, Tottenham are coming off of a not very good run. They've done badly in 2019 after looking like they might um, challenge for the title. So I think it's going to be a tremendously hard match because they're going to be up for it. They're a very confident side. Harry Kane can, can score from anywhere. So can you Min Son. They're going to want to play on the counter-attack. And um, it's going to be a very difficult game. Notoriously, my feeling is, I tried to look at the stats before this um, recording about how Liverpool do uh, after a break. Now, we know uh, Liverpool have had breaks in Dubai, in Malaga, also international breaks on this occasion. My, My feeling is normally we don't do well after a break. 
Um, I couldn't find that in the stats really without going back through all of the results. But um, so I think that's going to be a challenge coming back after the break, playing a top side like Tottenham. So it's going to be a very difficult game. Uh, Tottenham can uh, are a free-scoring side at their best. So it, it, it's um, it's a big challenge and it's a very very big match. Absolutely, yeah, good answer. It is a huge challenge, and they will be up for it, won't they, Linus? I mean, it's uh, it's uh, you know it's something about the form book that maybe you can you can discard it because you know Spurs. There is this one way rivalry that they don't they seem to hate our guts for some reason, uh, although we kind of respect them. Um, so they might be more up for this than any other match. I don't know. How how do you see it going, Linus? Yeah, I definitely expect them to be uh, up to their best because that's what you do when you're playing a, a game like this. But obviously, I think we had a pretty bad run against them uh, the last couple of seasons. I think last season we didn't win against them at all. I think we lost and then we drew. And uh, obviously they have a very good side and when they play that the best, they're going to be very well, good. But I think we have all the qualities we need to beat them. I like it. I love your confidence. Excellent. Karen, how are you feeling about the, the Spurs match? Confident as well? Yeah, looking at the previous slump in the form, I think I'm very confident that it'll be an entertaining game. It will be hard to break them down, but I'm sure we'll be, uh, we'll be victorious in the game. And it's an Anfield, and I'm sure it'll be a special atmosphere. Um, but my only concern is that uh, post-international break or any such breaks, um, our game seems to be lacking the pace uh, that we normally play it. Um, we sort of just pass the ball around. The creativity in attack goes a bit dull. But then we start picking up as we as the minute goes by. So I think if right from the kickoff, if we have that intensity, then we can crack Spurs down easily rather than in the later stages of the game. Um, so I think that will be very important to break them down as early as possible, get the early lead and um, add goals uh, to the scoreline. Um, I think the only reason they, they went through in the Champions League because Dortmund were very poor um, in those two legs. They were lucky... Um, Tottenham were very lucky to go through. And um, in the victory at, at their home ground, I think the one danger player was Vatongan, where he was sort of a left back, but he normally uh, played like a striker, if you've seen the goals. So I think um, that'll be one player to watch out for. And um, I think it'll be a very cracking game. It's a very interesting answer. Yeah, absolutely. I like the way that, uh, yeah... You're you're also pretty. You seem you seem pretty confident. But yes, it should be a a cracker. I mean, talking about the international breaks, the previous ones. I mean, our results are. I mean, there was the first international break in October um, was after the nil nil with Man City, and we played Huddersfield Town, and we won only one nil, but we still won away from home. Uh, then in November there was an international break. Um, between a home victory against Fulham and an, um, after the international break we played Watford and we won 3-0 away so that was a pretty good result so I don't know more of the same would be very nice another clean sheet anyway uh, but yes um, 
I can't help it. I'm sweaty palmed and I just think, wow, you know, they're, they're, they're such a dangerous team. So much pace and inventiveness going forward. But yes, you're right. I mean, you're helping me to feel a bit better. We can do it. We are at home. Um, there's a very interesting question because now we've got Gomez and Lovren back. Um, should either of them start ahead of Matip, Fergus? Uh, and... Uh, if not, when should they start or should they start at all? Yeah, um, I think Matip has been in wonderful form. So he really, he holds the shirt right now. We know we all know Gomez's qualities and Lovren's qualities as well. But I think Matip has done enough to hold the shirt. Um, as well as that, uh, by past experience, Klopp is always very cautious when bringing players back from injury. Um, he'll give them 10 minutes here and there towards the end of games especially when the game is either um, already won or the game needs securing. That's when he might bring Gomez in. But uh, I've never seen him drop a player straight in, uh, straight coming off the back of injury. So I can't remember that happening. It might have happened once or twice if we were desperate. But I can't see either Lovren or Gomez coming in. And in general, um, just looking at the records of between Matip and Lovren, um, I mean, Matip's made... Um, two errors in 71 Premier League games that led to goals, whereas Lovren has made six errors in 148 Premier League games that led to goals. So Matip has got a, a much uh, lower error rate at um, 2.8%, or one error leading to a goal every 35 games, whereas Lovren has got um, one error leading to a goal every 25 games. So it, in general... Lovren is about 50% more error-prone than, than Matip. And as well as that, we, we know from the high-profile games such as Spurs and others that Lovren makes errors in crucial games. Uh, for example, away to Spurs about two seasons ago and gave away two goals in the first half an hour. So Lovren struggles against uh, the really top sides. So on that, in that regard, Matip definitely deserves to keep his place, in my opinion, over Lovren. And then... Over Gomez, Gomez, we know, is, looks like a fantastic centre-half and probably, hopefully, will be in Liverpool's central defence for years to come. But right now, he's coming over a bro overcoming a broken leg. So he really needs time just to be run in gently in, in games. And hopefully, we'll be seeing him before the end of the season. But there is, the squad is, needs strength in depth, so it's great to have players like these coming back. But um, at the moment, I think... The Matip and Van Dyke partnership is doing well. That's a very good answer. It's a very reasonable answer. And it it, it sort of, yeah, it reminds me of the sort of pragmatism that, that Klopp has been showing this season. I don't expect him to to make a change either. And, and you're right, Matip's been in uh, on good form, in good form lately. Um, uh, does anybody disagree, Linus or... Or Karan, excuse me, um, that, uh, you know, Gomez or Lovren should start ahead of Matip. Do, do, do either of you think that they should? No, I, I, I fully agree with uh, Fergus. I just wanted to add not only the I, do I think Matip's defensive side has been very good this season. I think it's been important of late in the team build-up and the attacking sense because... Because he's been very good at getting taking the ball forwards, and uh, if we kind of look at the stats, uh, uh, his pass completion rate's better, which I think uh, that's one thing. And then he's he's he passes way more forward than Lovren do, and 
Oh, uh, he's got way more touches of the ball than than Lovren do every 90. And I think that's very important in our style of play this season that we have defenders that can uh, handle the bar, ball very well. And obviously, I think uh, Gomez is should uh, start ahead of Matip when he's back and firing. But I think throwing in against Tottenham would be very risky and... As Klopp has shown in the past, he's very, very prone to not take risks. He very rarely takes risk, risk uh, in his team decisions and uh, so on. Well, okay, but when, but when would you throw him in, uh, Linus? Because yes, he's coming back from a long injury, but you know, as we go towards the end of the season, every single game gets more and more important, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, Tottenham is difficult. You know, probably the most difficult on paper. You know, along with Chelsea, but then, you know, with the pressure, I mean, would you? You know, maybe bring Gomez in in the Champions League then, or yeah, I, I depending on how the Tottenham looks. If we're like two three nil up in the late stages of the game, maybe bring him on then. But I would probably look to get him on late in the Southampton game and then start him for the first Porto game because, uh, as most Liverpool fans would agree, we, uh, the Premier League is what's most important and. Uh, I think uh, if we let him uh, get back to to full fitness against Porto at home, then uh, we c- he can then be fit and ready for the Chelsea game of and ha- after having get- gotten some more playing time. Yeah, that's interesting answer. Yeah, sensible one. You know, if not after Porto, we're playing Cardiff, but we'll uh, you know well we play Chelsea and then Porto and then. Cardiff but uh, you know we'll we'll talk about those fixtures a bit later but that might be a time to bring him back in and maybe Chamberlain as well he's another one coming back from injury uh, but uh, no there's you know going back to the Spurs match Karen um it's interesting the the you know the starting conundrums that uh, that Klopp might have um who would you start in midfield Karen and and uh, also would you start Gomez or Lovren over Matip um I think um, the key to beat um, any opposition would, would be to have a strong midfield. Um, although we have a really good back line and a fantastic keeper and front three are fantastic, but I think if we have that sort of solidity and creativity in midfield, we can beat any team. So in that regard, I think um, I would have Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Keita in my, in my starting lineup. Um, the reason being that Fabinho is really, really solid and he will provide us defensive cover as well as he will throw in forward passes as we have seen in all these games so far. Um, Vinaldum, he is one of the most consistent players um, that Klopp has played in the season and he, it will be massive to have him and Fabinho in a starting lineup. And having Keita around, we can always switch to 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. And um, later on, we can bring in Milner or Shakiri or Lalana and give them some minutes on the field and um, keep our players fresh. Um, so I think I would have these three in my midfield. And um, in a back four, I would have Matip over Lovren because um, Lovren's tendency to not perform in big games is um, will be uh, backfired for us. So I think... Uh, Matip and Van Dijk have done really well all these games they've started so far. I'm only concerned with Matip's uh, collection of yellow cards. 
um, if he can keep his um, discipline in the in the on the pitch, then I think it will be uh, massive until we have Gomez fully fit back. And I will not rush Gomez back into the starting lineup, and also Oxlade Chamberlain because they've had a long spell on the sidelines, and bringing them back directly onto the pitch probably for 45 minutes would be a risk. As we've seen um, in the Derby game where Chamberlain was injured after 40 minutes, he had a slight hamstring issue. So I think um, giving Gomez and Chamberlain final few minutes of, of a game would be really helpful for them. It will be a boost for the squad having two really massive players back in, uh, in contention. And I think we will have an advantage that we are getting players back from the injury and the squad depth looks really strong. So I think I would have Robertson, Van Dijk, Matip and Trent in my back four. Well, it's a very reasonable answer. Very well reasoned. Um, but, you know, interesting one. You went for Cater then um, as well. Fergus, what, what would your midfield be? Do you agree with Karen? I've gone through a couple of um, ways of looking at the Liverpool midfield this season. I think my own, my own understanding of it has evolved um, to catch up with Klopp. I imagine. The, the, uh, the way that the midfield is looking now, I mean, Klopp's favourite midfield right now seems to be Fabinho at the base of a, of a three, with Wijnaldum and Milner ahead of, ahead of Fabinho. So on the face of it, that doesn't look like a very creative midfield. Um, but when you look at the way Klopp is thinking, and it's, it's certainly been working lately, our most creative players in the team are not our midfield, they're our fullbacks. So what Klopp is doing, he's giving, by having those three players who are all defensively very sound um, and, and work hard in the midfield, they set a solid base and they cover when, when Trent goes forward and when, um, when Robertson goes forward, both Wijnaldum and Milner cover them at either side and Fabinho also covers in the middle. So uh, I think when you look at the, the Premier League, uh, we have the most creative defenders in the Premier League in Robbo and Trent. So what gives them the license to go forward is having that solid base of midfield in Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Milner or Fabinho, Henderson and Milner, whichever of the three. So I think that's the way Klopp is looking at it. He, you can see the goals against Tally has really come down this season and we can put that down to Alisson and Van Dijk, which largely we have done. But I think we also have to give credit to that midfield. It's not the most exciting. It's a workhorse midfield. But when you look at the amount of assists that Robertson and uh, Trent are getting, it's because they're basically just wingers. And the reason that they can play as wingers and get up and down is because you've got Wijnaldum and Milner covering them. So that, I think that's how Klopp will be looking at it. And I think that's what he'll go with, especially against a big team like Spurs. So I see that as the midfield. I see the normal front three and I see the normal back four and Alisson in goal. Oof, yes, food for thought there. Where do you stand on it, Linus? I'd like to play in the midfield with played against Watford. I'd like uh, Fabinho to come into the centre defensive midfield spot and then I'd like uh, Wijnaldum and Milner, I think, because we've seen H Henderson play with uh, Fabinho and uh, Wijnaldum and it hasn't really worked out, in my opinion. It, I think we played that against United and we played it against Everton and obviously we didn't score in any of those games. And I think Milner, outside B, 
being of being uh, a very good phys- physical presence and de- very good defensively. I think he he also offered offers something going forward. We, we saw last season he broke the assist record in the Premier League in the Champions League. So I think that midfield midfield would really suit this game because it offers not only uh, defensive stability allowing our full fullbacks going forward but it would also uh, mean we have some form of creativity in attack with that with the midfield as well yeah okay yeah absolutely um there are two arguments here one with Milner one with Cater both of them sort of make sense to me um, but knowing Klopp this season, we'll all be wrong, won't we? And he'll go with something completely different. Henderson, Lalana, and Vineldum, for example. You never know. And that's one of the good things, I think, about Jurgen Klopp is that he is pretty unpredictable. But yes, I wouldn't complain with either, of course. We all trust Jurgen Klopp and his, and his uh, decision-making. Uh, but um, yeah, I think with... I don't know. I'm still a little bit of a football romantic and I would love Naby Keita to announce himself in a big game like this and set him up for the rest of the season. But, of course, Milner's had a nice break in Dubai playing golf. He's rested. He's ready. So, I mean, either or. Excellent. So, um, yeah, I mean, they should be rested, our players, for Spurs. It's going to be a heck of a match. Uh, The only other thing to really cover before we move on to Liverpool season in general is the fact that Martin Atkinson is set to be the referee. Um, And I wonder if anybody's worried about him. I had a look at our record this season with him in charge. It's, It's underwhelming. We've had four matches in the league Uh, Against Man City, Leicester and Everton, we drew all of those, Uh, but he also refereed that victory, that 3-1 Anfield victory that sealed Mourinho's fate and put all of the nails into his coffin and then gave the coffin a kick just for fun. Um, So yes, Martin Atkinson um, also was in charge when we drew in the FA Cup with West Ham. Uh, Neil Neil, I, I seem to remember. But uh, I don't know, is anybody worried about him? Because Twitter sort of exploded with, 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 with panic when he was named as the ref. Anyone have anything to say? Yes, uh, Owen. I, I had a look at Martin Atkinson's stats on who scored, and he's a very whistle-happy referee. He, he, he uh, blows for 21.65 fouls per game, which is actually twice the Premier League, Premier League average. So the Premier League average is 10.83 fouls per game, and he's up over 21. So exactly double, um, or almost exactly double, of every other uh, referee, or the average for all referees, let's say. He also uh, gives out 3.3 yellow cards per game, and the average of the Premier League is 1.65 cards per game. So again, it's double on the yellow cards. And then for penalties, he gives out... um, or he blows for 0.22 penalties per game, and the average for the Premier League is 0.11 penalties per game. So he's double on every score. So I think you'd have to expect a stop-start game. He's obviously a disciplinarian disciplinarian referee. Um, Whether he's actually, uh, let's say, inverted commas, biased against Liverpool, or whether he's given us some bad decisions in the past, I can't remember. 
So um, if anyone else can remember those games, I can't. But he's just a disciplinarian, in my opinion. No, well, that's brilliantly researched. Yeah, absolutely, fan, you know, really interesting to know that because I think that's going to work against us. I mean, I remember in the, in the Champions League final, as much as I don't like remembering it, against Real Madrid, we had a very pernickety referee and we never seemed to get... I mean, maybe that explains the fact that he's had four draws in five matches uh, with us this season is that we don't get our rhythm going with these pernickety referees. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about it. But uh, yeah, he look. At, I looked at his entire record in his career, and uh, um, yeah, he's not particularly uh, against Liverpool. It seems in terms of yellow and red cards against us. But um, yes, I don't know. He just seems a bit. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to watch. But yeah, okay. I wanna. I wanna zoom out. Um, look at our season in general. We're in a title running. That's the only thing that I've really been thinking about. I've tried to occupy my my time as much as possible in the international break. Think about other things. That's what people tell me. What else is there to think about? We might win the league for the first time since 1990. Um, there are our remaining p- Premier League fixtures. I had a look today at our running, and I included the exact what happened in the exact fixture last season. Okay, so we're playing, for example, the Spurs at home. Um, uh, Last season, when we played Spurs at home, we drew 2-2. So then we've got Southampton away. Last season, we lost that... uh, Sorry, we won that fixture 2-0. Then we've got Chelsea at home. Last season, that finished 1-1 at Anfield. Then... We've got Cardiff away. We didn't play them last season. Then we've got Huddersfield at home, which we won 3-0 last season. Then we've got Newcastle away. That finished 1-1 in 17-18. And our last match is against Wolves, who, as a promoted club, of course, we didn't play them uh, last season, although we did lose to them in the Cup 2-1 at Anfield. So, oh, it's a terrifying um, group of fixtures, but it could be a lot worse. We've got four home games, three away games. That's compared to Manchester City's uh, three home games and five away games. They've got that extra match to play. And yeah, five away and three at home. Um, uh, Karen, um, do we have an advantage with our run-in? How do you feel about it? I think we have really good fixtures. Um, After the Tottenham game, we have Southampton, Chelsea, Cardiff, Huddersfield, Newcastle and Wolves. Um, I see we collect all 21 points in these games. Um, It won't be easy though, because we'll have Champions League in our minds. But when I look at City's fixtures, they only have Fulham, which is um, an easy run for them. But then they have Cardiff, Crystal Palace, Tottenham in the Champions League three times and including the league. Then they have Burnley, which is another a tricky fixture, as well as Leicester. And then they have Brighton. So um, and the the April fixture is also um, bombarded with FA Cup. So I think um, judging by the number of fixtures we have, I think we have an advantage. We will have a game in our hand, as well as um, the pressure will be uh, over to them. 
because um, they will want to win the remaining three competitions and we want to win both Champions League and Premier League. I think we have an advantage. They have a better squad depth, but I think we have we have an advantage in terms of mentality as well as the fixtures. Um, I like that answer. Yes, yes, we have an advantage in terms of mentality. Yeah, I mean, we we might do. And as you say, City have got loads of fixtures coming up. They've got eight in all competitions just in April. And those three games against Spurs and, and their game against Palace, four games in 12 days there. Um, uh, Linus, what do you reckon? I definitely think we have a, a, a have an advantage. They have eight games in April and that's one uh, approximately every 3.75 days, which they, they probably won't have time for much training. It's mostly going to be recovering and then getting prepared for the next game. So... I think they they'll struggle for fitness and uh, just struggle in general that during that time and uh, they do, it's not like they have easy games. I think all, the Fulham Fulham game obviously Fulham are pretty bad, but they gave they gave us a a pretty hard game. They played very well against us, so if they can play like that against the City, maybe maybe something could happen. I doubt it. And then Cardiff, I've also kind of written off because I don't think Cardiff are doing that well either and they're definitely not looking very well they they play the type of football that suits Manchester City and then they have Crystal Palace which obviously they uh, struggled immensely with uh, at the Etihad and now it's at Palace's home ground and and then they they have the games with Tottenham uh, in the Champions League and they they have a pretty rough schedule up until the Brighton game, and I think our only real potential hiccups are Tottenham and Chelsea. And even so, I think Chelsea is the only game I'm really like very worried about. I think Tottenham we could probably beat, and I think we will have an easier time beating them than we will have Chelsea because of all the they they will want, they will they probably hate us more than Tottenham do, and they they'll want to do what they did to us in 2014 and and our dreams again. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, we've so much hatred against us. Whereas we don't, I mean, obviously we don't particularly like Chelsea, do we? But uh, I don't know. I mean, people still, you know, even though Hazard scored a few beauties against us. I mean, we're like, wow, good player. We don't have the same level of vitriol as everyone does against Liverpool, you know? It's, 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 it, it makes it so much harder um, but uh, yeah, what are your thoughts, Fergus? Well, if you look at the bookmakers' odds, then um, Manchester City are five to two on for winning the title, whereas Liverpool are twelve to five. So that puts Man City as odds-on firm favourites to win the title, uh, with Liverpool in second place, uh, twelve to five, which is about two and a half to one. Um, and then in third place, Tottenham are actually a thousand to one to win the win the league title so definitely a two-horse race according to the bookies i'd say they've probably got that about right i'd make man city um strong favorites to win only because of they have experience of having won the title before i think they've won three of the last four or three of the last five titles as well as that the strength of their squad okay the only thing so so they really are firm favorites to go ahead and win the title now, if Liverpool do win it, I think it'll be the the single greatest um, Premier League victory since the inception of the Premier League because to overcome and overhaul 
team of Man City's size and dimensions and financial wealth and experience um, and overhaul that points total that's required, I think it'll be an absolutely fabulous title victory. So Liverpool are up against it. I think we're the underdogs. Um, that might suit us. The only, the, the only other thing that could be in our favour is that um, Man City, as everyone has pointed out, will have a fixtures pile up. Uh, we can only hope that that really um, makes them suffer or, or saps their energy so that we can take advantage of it. Uh, our our run-in is difficult. You know, Chelsea, Southampton and Spurs, our next three games, they're very difficult. So, you know, I'd still make Man City firm favourites, but, um, you know, we're still in the running. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a very realistic answer, isn't it? I mean, it's it's... You're absolutely right. I mean, the, the advantages they have, like you say, they're experienced in winning the league, uh, but also their squad depth. I mean, I was working it out earlier. The total cost of their current squad is £757.5 million compared to our £528 million. I mean, they're both astronomical sums, Some people would call it quite sort of sick amount of money uh, but uh, you know the difference is more or less 250 million or 249.5 million so their squad depth is a lot better they do have uh, this experience but I don't know Karen uh, can we do it nonetheless you know just balls to the form book balls to all that money and we can just we can do this this glorious win as Fergus said the the greatest win in, in Premier League or maybe in league history? Um, I'll answer this question with a quote, if I may. Um, it says, what you love, you empower. What you fear, you empower. And what you empower, you attract. And what I attract from the universe right now is Liverpool to win all the remaining fixtures in the season and hopefully will land a, a trophy or two. So with that positive attitude, I have a strong belief that this is the team that can win us title this season or titles this season. And um, I'm just going to focus on this thought for the rest of the season, no matter what happens. That's a beautiful answer. I love that. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Ask the universe. Yes, wonderful stuff. Um, where did that come from, that quote? Um, actually, I'm, I am a part of a meditation group. Um, we usually... Um, practice some methods at the end of a month and we discuss some of the things that we go on and we try to uh, eliminate it with some of the practices that we do and we always share these positive thoughts and messages and activities uh, to keep us um, in that positive attitude throughout and hopefully we experience magical changes in our lives and um, I've seen that a lot in terms of um, what I've what I am right now and in terms of about me. So I think these messages and thoughts really helped me and I'm really happy to share it with you. Well, thank you very much. I'm so happy that you did. Absolutely super. Linus, what do you think? Are we going to, can we do it? I don't know. Are you positive? Yeah, you know me, I'm always positive. I, I, I always try, try to look at the bright side and I don't see why we couldn't do it. Like I've said before, I don't know if we will, but I don't see why we couldn't. We have the, one of the best defences in the world at the minute. Pro, right now, looking at the stats, we have the best defence in the world. And we have also, in my opinion, the best attack in the world. And 
the on, the only place where I think we struggle is the midfield. But ha- to having the best def- uh, defense and the best attack is a good starting point. And if you have that, you should be able to win something. So I I think winning the league is pr- probably the most important thing. But uh, with the draw we got in the Champions League, we should at least get to the semi-final. And I think if we get to the final, we're not to we're not going to lose this time because this time there won't be a Sergio Ramos to uh, in to injure our players. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Well, this, this is making me feel absolutely a billion times better. So thanks, guys. I mean, not that I was feeling bad before. It's just the nerves. The nerves. Um. Okay. Well. Um. You know. I think. I I had lots of other questions about you know Liverpool news what's happening at the moment but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know the most important thing is you know winning stuff and winning games and Spurs so I think uh, I don't really have any more questions that can be as important as that for today so I don't know do you have any more questions chaps do you have any more things that you would like to talk about any any other business. I'll just add another positive quote uh, from the group. Uh, it says, failure is a part of life. If you don't fail, you don't learn. And if you don't learn, you'll never change. So I think whether we win the league or not, we are learning. And as if, as if we've seen over the years, we've been to three European finals. Sorry, two European finals and a cup final. So um, judging by Klopp's tenure so na- uh, until now, I think we are learning. We are challenging for trophies, and I can't see um, Klopp not winning any trophies. I can always see him winning uh, every possible trophy that Liverpool can win. And I think he's building a squad that will help uh, the club and the city to achieve those goals. So that about wraps it up for another episode of Cop On Podcast. Thank you to Fergus, Linus and Karan. And the biggest thanks, of course, the most humongous, huge, massive, gargantuan thanks goes to you, the dear listener, for, you know, being with us yet again at Cop On Podcast. Thank you. Do share us if you get the time. Leave a review on iTunes if you get the time. And if you don't get the time, that's all right. Nobody has time these days. Busy world. Busy world. So whoever you are, wherever you are, I hope that you're well. And uh, yeah, have a great day, night, evening, uh, whatever. <laughs>